You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adult men try to keep up with the modern world by taking close looks into pop cultural attention grabbers. Today, well, together with the help of a young savvy citizen of the internet, they are able to find a place in contemporary life. It is the last month of 2022, so the time has come to look back at some of the best albums released this year, focusing on ones that changed the game, were heavily discussed online, and left an indelible mark in this generation. Welcome to our roundup of some of the best pop music released this year. And uh, for those of you who may not realize, it is December and the Christmas lights are out and we are listening to a track from apparently maybe the world's first uh, house Christmas house music record ever. Ben, what is this? The first house music album of Christmas songs, possibly, I reckon. Uh, it's by Finn, who is a Manchester producer who every year um, does a mix with Jordan of like basically house Christmas bangers. Uh, and this year, uh, Finn Jordan, Wendy, formerly known as India Jordan. Yes, yes, yes. Our our, uh, our interviewee, mm-hmm. who uh, we had a lovely time with uh, this summer. Um, and yeah, so this year, Finn went one step further by actually producing a Christmas dance record. It's called No More Coal, a Christmas dance record. Um, and uh, it's eight tracks, basically, of uh, Christmas house music. Uh, track listing, uh, Wonderful Time, A Christmas House Track, Angels, God Blesses Everyone, Rudolph, etc, etc, etc. And can we ins- expect lots of sleigh bells, samples and things like that to give it that Christmassy vibe? Or how is it, how is it a Christmas, how does it remind people of Christmas, apart from the titles that you've just mentioned? Well, I mean, I actually interviewed him about it, and that's coming out on, on Monday. Um, and I think he's done a very good job in the, that I feel feel maybe I like right I don't know if it was because he does these mixes they do these mixes every year that are kind of like Christmas house music yeah or, or I thought it before but for some reason house music seems quite Christmassy to me mm. no okay. <laughs> no no okay 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 <laughs> maybe well I, I, I encourage you to listen to the the mixes and and this kind of feels quite how, like Christmassy I mean that was quite Christmassy because it had a choir on it it's not like yeah. it's not like really like going too far it's not like really sleigh bells um, in fact, I was going through the album just before thinking, what can I play that will really like blow their minds with some Christmas house? And there wasn't anything <laughs> like that, that, that I thought would blow your minds. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a great song. 
And I love Christmas, and you're about to die, so, you what? know, like, Ma's about to die, she yeah. said. We we surprise, your... surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, uh, nice and gloomy. What is this, goth day? Uh, what, what? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. My body decided to collapse, so this is my last weekly review. <laughs> Are you are you feeling under the weather? Yes, I feel like too it's much partying in it. Yeah, I I don't even know. It just happened. But was where where did you go? You posted some incredible photos yes. oh, yeah. the yes, other day yes, of yes. you were dressed For everyone up. Everyone listening, you are the Princess out. Diana of because Princess Di was really into costume and and ballet and stuff. So and, and, and she, she died. died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! Fasting your seatbelt. I'm bringing you around. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's me. I'm the next lady die because. It's coming to an end. Um, but yes, um, if you're living in Barcelona and if you don't, I'm so sorry for you because you're missing out. Um, there's like at least once a year, sometimes they do it twice, um, uh, like a drag show party that's organized by Alvi from like this Alvi? Ha- our yeah. house. Yeah, um, like a bowl. A, a, yeah. A, bo- a bowl. Like a, a drag- yeah, it's like a contest. So... Um, each time that it ha- the event happens, um, people like show off something like uh, uh, a show that, that they put on, and then it kind of, like you don't vote. Albi decides, I think. Albi and hmm. Concha Vitoy decide who wins, but it's always so much, so much fun. And and it was this last this past uh, weekend, and I had the best time of my life, and I dragged myself up for the first time. Rather unfortunately, I you saw... dra- dragged yourself. Uh, I yeah. want to uh, clarify: you didn't drag yourself. Up. No, so, in drag. Just in case our listeners. Don't make me like be perfect but... on my my last few hours alive. Like <laughs> I, I am barely able to speak. <laughs> my God, this is morbid. Um, <laughs> uh, but what was the, the inspiration for your costume? Because it it was a very interesting take on 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 drag like hang on yeah. when, when when women do drag are you dressing up as because you didn't dress up as a male but it drag like is Victor like just a performance like of whatever you want it's it's like it can be a, a concept like it doesn't even have to be like dressing up as male or female mm-hmm. you can just dress up as as, as no. a slug if you want like it doesn't matter like yeah like Heidi Klum who still wins exactly. this year's <laughs> best costume it kind of like if you wanted to say it, it was drag it could be drag um, but yeah, my like drag persona this weekend was like kind of a Mew Mew ballerina, but at the same time it was giving Bershka because it was <laughs> not that high end. But uh, um, yes, it was kind of ballet core, um, Sailor Moon, anime. Lovely. You, uh, and you Victorian win. child at the same time. I was very pleased to hear last week, by the way, um, when I wasn't there, the dad style is back in. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it never really left, but it's just so. But the fact that girls are dressing exactly, like, like yeah. 90s dads, yeah. that's what's really brought it yeah. round. And uh, and we, we didn't talk about this on air, but re- right after the episode, well, everyone's been talking about the White Lotus. Obviously, mm-hmm. the finale was uh, broadcast this week. And uh, one of the main, main talking points is. Um, the style of um, Porsche, Porsche style, which uh, it, it, there's been lots written about it, and uh, one of a lot of people were happy that uh, not to give too much away, but uh, she the the series ends without her suitcase, shall we say? So it's <laughs> like she can say goodbye to all those horrible clothes, which I loved. I loved her style, 
And uh, a lot of the 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 Gen Z kind of stuff, the bucket hat, the I, I don't know, a lot of it was like grandfather mixed with um, with crazy oh, teenager. Yeah, it was complete chaos and it was absurd, but it made sense that it was that way. It, it a lot of TikTok trends that are now like past, but at the same time you don't have time to keep up. Yeah, yeah. I think it. It's gonna go a long way. The Porsche style, it still hasn't. It's it, it's gonna take a while, but especially young 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 girls or young young girls and boys are gonna like find a way of just making it crystallize into something super clear, where it's like everything goes. Um, I'm gonna go to Umana. I'm gonna go to any kind of thrift. Well, that that kind of thrifty thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, Dad Core is back. Anyway. Um, Something that dads love to talk about is albums of the year. Uh, yeah. Mar, Mar, do you get excited at the end of the year when all the mag music magazines start releasing their best of lists and all this kind of stuff? I, um, no, because I don't <laughs> buy that many music magazines. <laughs> I get excited for for my Spotify wrapped, which is kind of the same. What but did your Spotify wrapped uh, review? Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Yes. Ah, exactly. We're gonna, we have a great way to match it. Segway into yeah. this. Yes, uh, your, your Spotify wrapped told you what I think it told to most of yeah. the people living <laughs> on this planet, which is you listen to Motomami a lot. Yes, I'm a Motomami, confirmed. Yeah, um, it's definitely one of the albums of the year. And what's been, what the newsworthy story is that it is the first Spanish language album that has topped so many end of year polls uh, internationally. New York Times, uh, Pitchfork, uh, I don't know, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, yeah. Rolling Stone, American Rolling Stone magazine. You know, the uh, internationally it has been recognized as one of the most forward thinking pop albums. Rosalia's hard work has paid off. Uh, and what I loved is that it had the old school attention grabbing zeitgeist def defining kind of thing. Uh, it was talked about before, during and after the album was released. And in Thema, it was lapped up by Rosalia's superstar large arena world tour, a tour that could be compared to... I know you hate me. Oh this, God, he's no. going, he's going. Julio Iglesias' no. triumphant no. mid-80s period after breaking America. <laughs> Only comparable in the sense of it, you don't see Spanish music stars um, breaking through on that level, on a global on a global level so massively. And it's like Rosalia's the new Julio, Igle Julio, Igle Julio Iglesias <laughs> in the sense of success and repercussion and everyone just talking about her all the time and obsessed I, with her and, and and her being super Spanish at the same time. I'd say she's bigger than Julio Iglesias. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, she is. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no one. It's no <laughs> <laughs> just impossible. Is he the biggest thing? Even Jesus Christ himself is the kind Even Michael Jackson in the 80s, who, you know, Oh, thriller, now, come on. Even Michael Jackson got paid less for his sponsorship deal on his tour than Julio Iglesias. That's, look, look, you okay, look, money isn't everything. Look, but you love Julio Iglesias. You, we know. We know. I, I but he's not, he's not bigger than, than 80s Michael Jackson. No, but but not, uh, but uh, but this is how powerful he was. It, like his scope, the people he could reach was... Uh, you know, Michael... Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to... No, I, I can't articulate this no. today. But not... There have been very few artists who have sold as many records as Julio Iglesias, uh, in, especially in the 80s. 80s period. 80s Julio is, 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 is my favorite, one of my favorite pop stars of all time. Okay. We couldn't tell. Yeah, no. <laughs> you should have mentioned it before. 
<laughs> anyway, so Moto, uh, so but Motomami is even today where artists sell a fraction of what albums used to sell in the you know before there was internet and and streaming services. Even by those standards, Rosalia's dominance on the on 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 the media attention is just you know she's had a firm grip. I mean, even Beyonce's Renaissance, which has been voted the album of the year by New York Times by Pitchfork. Um, I, I don't think Beyonce has such a strong grip on the youth anymore. Can I say one thing uh, about that is like for me, there's kind of two ways of picking an album of the year when you're doing it for yourself. It's yeah. like either you pick the album you think was best yeah. or you pick the album that you feel kind of summed up the year for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think like maybe a lot of people in the States, which is what we're talking about, like mm. Beyonce summed up the year for me. It's a really good album. Don't get me wrong. I, I really like the album. Um, and but I think Rosalia hit that sweet spot where um, it really summed up the year for me. It was your biggest Spotify wrapped. It was my biggest Apple Music, but, whatever kind of and thing. And at the same time, I saw a TikTok that um, it exemplified like maybe like you said, people in the states haven't listened to um, Motomami as much as we have because we have like yeah. the proximity and we feel like yeah. we know her and stuff. Um, but at the same time, uh, this TikTok showed like the cultural impact. Motomami has had on a lot of levels, like on other artistry levels, like fashion, like all these um, huge fashion houses are doing like motorcycle styles and yeah. models of duty are wearing the motorcycle, motorcycle jacket. jacket. And and this is all thanks to Rosalia and a lot of editorials in magazines are doing like motor inspired um, Kim Kardashian and all the Kardashians are wearing like helmets suddenly like or doing on photo props and stuff. And this is like, how can an album impact that much? Like, it's, it's incredible. Like, even if you haven't listened to it, you have yeah. been impacted by it somehow. Somehow, yeah, exactly. And also, could we say that 2022 has been the year that TikTok has finally become, um, has, uh, has overtaken all the other social media applications? And it's like the number one now, especially for young, you know, yeah. teenagers and 20-somethings, which are kind of the ones that are always on it. Maybe, I, I would say maybe last year, but maybe you're right that this year it has been like consolidated. Like uh, yeah. Final, yeah, it's no longer, no, and, and like mm. it's the year where Instagram is starting to lose its yeah. power and, and t- everyone's like TikTok, TikTok, and content creators are becoming more powerful on TikTok than any other social. So Rosalia played very well with TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, she's yeah. like, she's an artist of her time in the sense of like you know an artist sometimes is defined also by when a new technology is introduced like mm-hmm. who was the biggest artist ben if you can remember that coincided with the the rise in popularity of the compact disc julio iglesias i might say <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like dire straits i think yeah really a lot of like, dad rock a lot of dad yeah, rock in the, but you wanted to hear like smooth and you'd be like oh you could afford the system you, you know could you have, could yeah. afford a cd yeah dire straits. yeah because you had to have money to afford the hi-fi so it was obviously people of a privileged status uh, so yeah well, i'm thinking dire straits uh yeah yeah uh, what was no, the police were before. I don't know. So anyway, th- this kind of happens sometimes. It's like when the, when we were talking about the MySpace era, I guess it was Lily Allen and, and Arctic Monkeys in the in the UK. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. US, who was the big, the artist that, oh, they, they became massive and it's because they discovered them on MySpace. I don't know if the, who the American... Oh, it must be someone. It must yeah, be, not, but, not, not. but it might... Uh, 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 anyway, so Rosalia and TikTok, yeah, and and well, mm. and so and and what, not just TikTok, but smartphone consumption. 
that's one thing I thought she did so well. She did everything like, for example, like particularly with TikTok, like which I mean, chicken teriyaki was the big one. And I, I at the time, I thought it was a bit too obviously made mm. for TikTok. But then it, but like it went, worked really, really well. Same. Yeah. I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I don't know, Rosalia. Like you said, maybe it's a little <laughs> bit too much, like trying to yeah, be a yeah. TikTok song. I thought song. it was, but and then it's just like. Oh, it's it's just good and catchy and silly and I like being silly. And then it was my second most streamed song <laughs> this yeah. year. And I was like, I hated it, not hated it, but I didn't like it when it first came out. And then I was like, okay, you're right. I like it. Well, we, we had a moment that basically uh, my wife's family, we all went to celebrate her grandmother's 99th birthday. And all the kids who are aged about like five to 12 got together and like did the sort of chicken teriyaki dance like you know and I think they were like did they put on, I don't think they put it on TikTok but they were like yeah film it like it's TikTok or something like that and I was like oh wow this really has yep. kind of kind of broken through but that, like that's one of the reasons I really love Motomami is that it had so many things like kind of commercial things but it was really experimental which is kind of yes. one of the reasons Super, why like, yeah. like, I really like the Beyonce album in many different ways mm-hmm. but I don't think you could say it was a particularly experimental or new no. yeah. uh, album Whereas like Motomami was all over the place, mm-hmm. like really, and I mean that I mean that in a good way. I mean, I think if you if you look back on it now, you're like, okay, so there was like a Disney ballad about mm-hmm. like Japanese sexual, you know, mm. practices, yeah. and there was a TikTok song, and there was like a sort of uh, trap reggaeton jazz song, and you're like, how? The and then a cover of like um, Brazilian, or is not Brazilian? There's like a cover of. Um, yeah, the, the the classic. Yeah, um, <coughs> yeah. It, but what she said it, it herself in in the Rolling Stone magazines. Like this, this album is supposed to express how all over the place I was when I was writing it. I, I, and and it really captures that in a great sense. Yeah, I, I haven't read the Rolling Stone interview. Was it interesting? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, because I, I would say yes. No, no anything yeah, Rosalia is on. <laughs> no, the, the, reason, the reason I ask is it was something I was thinking about today is that I've read very few interesting interviews with Rosalia because she doesn't... <gasps> no, that's all right. That's good. No, 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 because I don't think she gives very much away. I think she's very, very careful with, with what she does and that yeah. she knows, like she doesn't weigh in too much. Yeah, sometimes it's and, almost like she scripts... She scripts mm-hmm. her, or, or it's like almost as if she asks for the questions in advance and she prepares them. And I think that's it's the same with Beyonce. You don't get interesting interviews. Yo, with yeah, her. she plays so safely. Always. Beyonce doesn't give interviews. No, also she but when she used yeah. to, she yeah. would get it. And when when I remember, ask, I was at a press conference when she was the she'd come with the last Destiny's Child tour, uh, and they were sponsored by it was sponsored by a very famous hamburger chain. And someone, one of the journalists, there was it was the war, uh, the, the 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 invasion of uh, Afghanistan was happening by the U.S. Army, and someone asked her, "What do you think about your country? You know, invading it?" And she just navigated it so well. She was like, "We don't like talking about politics, but we do love singing, don't we, girls? All right, I'm loving it." Uh, 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 uh. And it's like, you know oh what? My okay, God. fair enough. That's it. What a way to shut down a question. You know, she just... And, it's and, like, it sounds like a Black Mirror scene or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But she was like, and she's never had any trouble, you know. But <laughs> I, I was thinking this because I read a recent interview with her, uh, Rosalia in The Guardian. And there was just this bit where it was like, they, they sort of... Because she's not... Oh, don't give me grief about this, but she's not a big in the UK. She is in the rest of the world. She's not. 
She's this not. little island who no one cares about UK <laughs> no, 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 with no, your no. Brexit. And, and look, look, and I think, I think that's the UK's problem rather than Rosalia's problem. But anyway, so she did an interview in The Guardian to sort of promote um, her London date. And um, they obviously asked a lot of questions and like, you know, they swooped in and said, like, no, she's not talking about politics. And they asked about sort of, um, it just felt that there were lots of things they wanted to ask, but they hadn't got any kind of response to. So it was just like, and it was quite sort of, quite bland. And mm. I really don't blame any artist for doing that, given the grief they get for loads and loads of things. I really don't yeah. blame them. I, I almost think it's something of a shame. That I'd really, really be interested to hear what she has to say, but I accept I'm probably not going to get it. The, the best promotional strategy that Rosalia did for conquering the UK was that video she did with Francis Bourgeois, the train, the train geek, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the train enthusiast. Yeah, and she also did like um, an interview with um, a girl that's very popular in the UK. I don't know. She has a show called The Chicken Shop. And oh, she, oh, yeah. did, she did Chicken, chicken Shop? Yeah. Chicken Shop dates. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sucks for she, us. I don't know how she's not big in the UK. See, she did the two famous people <laughs> the, on the internet. Yeah, but it's the UK is still very slow behind on the Latin yeah. American mm -hmm. or any kind of Hispanic kind of. They, they're still like in the UK. You've got a bigger chance of making it with Afro beats than with reggaeton, shall we say? And I'm being very blunt there. Uh, yeah. Well, like I think, didn't we say when we were talking about, was it the recent Wizkid album that he played, I think, four mm -hmm. nights, the O2 in London, which yeah. is incredible. And Rosalie is playing one night. Yeah. Um, which is still good. Yeah. But like, you know, you certainly see that I, I don't think there'd be many places in the world where that kind of difference would be that marked, you know. Also, uh, another thing, another master genius stroke that she did was releasing a, a, a deluxe or, a, or a, an extended version of Motomami in September, yeah. uh, which included uh, Despecha. <clears throat> no, but Despecha. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You it know, was like a single in the summer and it then was, the... It, it was the, the song of the summer. Yeah, literally. So apart from dropping one of the biggest talk, the most talked about albums of the year, she also had the song of the summer mm -hmm. and we haven't had a song of the summer in many years like there's been many songs over summer and stuff but it's like we lost out on the on that tradition of having like an, a song that can become a bit irritating because it's on all the time and everywhere yeah. you go in the hotel and the resort and, uh, but I mean especially the children's reactions to this my own daughter every time she hears that da -da 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 -da, she gets all excited and starts like dancing and stuff you know how many uh, streams it's got so far just on Spotify Four hundred and fifty-four million five hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, I don't listens. even understand this number. It's, it's like one of those numbers. There's like if, if so many. If Rosalia gets what a fraction of a cent for a stream, you know, for each song for each stream, uh, I can understand how she's bought that house in Manresa now just with this beta. Uh. Is that her second biggest song on Spotify? I yeah, I think the first one is still con altura. Yeah. yeah, still. Yeah. Because Conatore is, is child, I was about to say child bait, that's a very weird way of putting it, but like it really goes across very well with children oh no. as well. Oh my God, La Noche de Anoche, the one with Bad Bunny, that's 782 oh, no, yeah, million. And oh my God, these numbers. These, you know, people complain that they don't make money off streaming, but with those kind of numbers, you've got to make something. Oh, yeah, oh. but I don't think the people complaining are Rosalia. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is... A smaller artist. I think she's probably earned herself a very nice Christmas bonus this year and she'll she'll be fine. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Can we listen to a little bit of chicken teriyaki? I am hungry. Feel? 
La Rosalía Rosa, sin tarjeta Se la mando a tu gata Te la tengo con roleta No hizo falta serenata Salgo es una balacera Me he visto de cualquier manera En Nueva York visitando a mis joyeros Solo quiere que yo le doy mi dinero Kati, Naki, Chicken Teriyaki Tu gata quiere maqui, mi gata en Kawasaki Quiero una cadena que me arruina toda la cuenta Como una homie en los 90 Rosa, sin tarjeta The only thing that I'm, I'm not worried, but where does Rosalia go next? Like after like a, an incredible world tour, you know, the... You shouldn't be worried because this is the same question we ask when she put out El Malquerer. Like, where does she go next? She did everything. Oh my God, she cannot top that. <laughs> then she did Motomami. Now it's like, no, she cannot do anything else. It's, it's over. But then she will do whatever she's going to do. And, and whoa. She was very clever, wasn't she, in that she released a lot of one-off songs yeah. rather than an album, kind of experimenting. Yeah. And I think she said, didn't she, that she was like, released lots of things and realised that, that wasn't the album, you know. Or she yeah. recorded lots of things. She's like, mm. that's not the album. It's good. It's really good. I'm still going to release it, but that's not yeah. exactly what I want. And so she she was pretty much always in, in the spotlight, always releasing new music mm. and kind of different new music. Yeah. Because um, that, that Autre Couture, I really like that track and it's nowhere, it's not. It's just like a standalone single and it's like, why didn't you, mm. alright, okay. I think a few of them were made like songs to put in in the concert um, when she didn't have that many songs, like yeah. um, Haute Couture, all of that was when she hadn't even released El Malquerer and she was doing those free shows with the Red Bull and stuff. Mm. And she like had a few songs that were not supposed to be, were like just beats that she and El Guincho did and, and that's it. And then people were so obsessed because they heard it in the concerts but then they were not in the album that she felt like she had to put some of them out. Uh-huh. What a fabulous year for El Guincho as well. I mean, because yep. Guincho has been, he's had his fingers in, in three of the top albums of the year. Motomami, uh, FKA Twigs' Capri songs, which he executive produced, yep. and um, and so, and he did some stuff on Bjork's Fosora. Didn't he? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so year. it's like wow, he man, and he's, about that. and he's got Grammys for for his work on Motomami and stuff. So it's like, damn, man, congratulations, Pablo Diaz Reita, you, you've done it very well. Uh, now we're going to talk about um, best newcomer, um, Ben. Who has been your best debut album and, and a talent that should be that we should keep an eye on? Funny you should ask. It's Jockstrap <laughs> with "I Love You, Jennifer B." Uh, either of you fans of this album? I was a. Li- I'm not as excited about it. Oh I don't my know. god! I yesterday, now that you say it, I it was the first time that I was like, maybe I should listen to Jockstrap because I was talking to people in the office and we were talking about music recommendations and stuff, and and they said Jockstrap um, is something that I discovered during the festival and I really enjoyed it, and I was like, oh, maybe I should give it a listen. I haven't. But I will now that you say it too. So the, the thing thing about Jockstrap is right. They're one of these bands. I genuinely couldn't tell you what they what they sound like. Like, and that has to be a good thing. Like before, basically before they released the album, they did a load of like a load of singles. Some of which I heard, some of which I didn't. And they were like kind of quite noisy and and sort of 
uh, a bit hyper poppy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they released the the single in, in 2021 called Fifty Fifty, which was sort of similar kind of thing, really upbeat, really good like single. Yeah. Um, but you know, quite sort of dancey, electronicy, that 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 kind of thing. And I was like, all right, that's that's what they're like. And then they released this song called Glasgow, and it was an acoustic guitar ballad. And I was like, what the yeah. hell is going on? And it just totally kind of totally kind of shocked me. And I love it when you're like, oh, that is utterly not what I expected. Mm. Um, and then when they uh, released the the album uh, in summer, it was just absolutely brilliant. Like kind of 50-50 was on it and, and um, so was Glasgow. But there's all kinds of things. There was things that um, remind me, it reminds me a lot of like musical theatre. And that sounds god awful, but mm-hmm. it's really, really good. There's a song called Concrete Over Water, which has got these lovely kind of string arrangements. Mm. There's Greatest Hits, which is like a big... Um, uh, sort of radio hit and the melodies are really good you know like when you get uh, it's same kind of thing like with Rosalia maybe you get like an album that's really experimental and does really clever things and like sometimes you get an album like that and you're like okay that's really clever mm. like the melodies aren't like all that good but you've been really clever I really like what you've done I really like your sound I'm going to go with it but like both Rosalia and Jockstrap the melodies are amazing yeah. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is this has got it all. And I think this totally applies um to Jockstrap's debut album. Um and I think it's everything a pop album should be, basically. I mean, like you they occasionally are called hyper pop. Yeah. Um but if you think Which about it, can hyper-pop, be misleading. Yeah. Well no, well no. I think we've grown accustomed to thinking of hyper pop as this thing like Daniel Harl, A. G. Cook. Um, electronic but I guess Jockstrap is, are also quite hyperactive but they're, they're n- and attention, with attention deficit <laughs> no but sort of sort of yes and that they keep on changing the, the style of music but sort of knowing that well, their music can be very very relaxed um, yeah. and you know as I say you've got like acoustic ballads that work really well and you've got these epic string arrangements so it's hard to know I was just actually looking and, and they call them experimental pop electro pop glitch noise art pop mm. which is like I, I guess so, but that doesn't exactly like um, narrow it down very much, does it? So anyway, this was my debut album of the year. It's something that came out of nowhere, couldn't stop listening to, um, and I think is utterly brilliant. Um, and there we go. Any anyone else have any suggestions for uh, best newcomer? Mm, no, no. Thing is, I I wrote down something about Black Country New Road. Even though they're not newcomers, the story that they're. Uh, singer uh, Oscar Isaac departed the band uh, there's an incredible thing is that when they played Primavera Sound this year all their material was new and it was new material that they had written in a space of three months or something like that and that just said like wow how talented are you guys that you've had to scrap you, you, you know you you can't really perform the two the music from the two albums they've released so far that are brilliant you know lots of musicianship going on there and because it, the, the the music was so tied to the identity of Oscar Isaac, they're like, okay, well, we're just gonna have to make entirely new music for all this tour that we've been we've had booked for for a year or whatever. And that was like, wow, um, I'm, I'm gonna keep my eyes on you. I've I've had my eyes on them since the since I've met them at Primavera Weekender, the first edition, and I really do believe in them. But I don't think they're the best newcomer. They're just like it's the story of. Uh, I don't know, uh, a band surpassing the adversities and coming up with something really great. You know, Georgia from Jockstrap is also in Black Country, New Road. Georgia from what? From Jockstrap, from Jockstrap yeah. Huh? No way. Yeah, that's some, that's some talent. What? Yeah, I know. I didn't realise. Oh, 
Ah, George Ellery is maybe should be our person. So she's on the str- she's one of the string section. I don't know what she does in in Black Country New Road. Because Miss Miss Hyde, I yeah, vocals, violin, sorry. vocals, violin. Oh, okay, okay, you've blown my mind. Okay, I'm gonna give Doc Strap another chance. <laughs> uh, let's listen to a bit of Concrete Over Water, please. Definitely worth um, paying attention to. Jockstrap, I, I, I'll let you have that. <laughs> As best newcomers of the year. Okay. Unless Ma has a, a new No, no, I'm I'm about to cry. I really like this song. <laughs> or, or die. 2021, I introduced you to Arab Strap. 2022, I introduced you to Jockstrap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> All One, the straps. So the next category is going to be album, the album that an old person like myself and Ben can talk about with a nephew or a niece at the Christmas dinner table. Uh, we think Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers would be a good example of an album that has bridged generations. Mar, what do you think? You're a young person. <laughs> now I'm like, maybe, uh, maybe I'm old because I I haven't... Well, yes, I have listened. I, it's the, the fact that I loved the the previous album so much. It happens all the time to me. Like, I love an artist album so much than when they put out new music. I'm like, no, but I really like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, um, this Kendrick album, I do... Um, have a few of his songs on my Spotify like playlist, the most listened to songs, but I haven't listened to like the whole album as a as a whole. Like I wouldn't put it in my most favorite albums. There's a great songs, but I don't know as an album. Mm. I'm especially that auntie song. Like, ah, that's my favorite one. Even it, I don't know, not him misgendering the aunt all the time. Or the uncle, I don't. Re- I don't even un- remember if if it's um, his uncle or his aunt because no, he my- misgenders all the time. So I'm like, I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> but the recurring the recurring <laughs> phrase is, "My auntie is a man now." So it's okay. His, so his it's, auntie transitioned into. So it's his uncle. So why are you saying your aunt? I don't know. I'm just. I don't like that song. But it's like I I know you're trying to get it, but you're just don't. Don't. 
But it, uh, it, it was very brave. I mean, it, it was very brave of him in, as, in the sense of, because he had writers, Brock, apparently uh, making this album and there was the pandemic in between and stuff. You know, he, he, he wasn't in, an, in the most comfortable of sp- head spaces. But it's like, okay, so he's, he's finding like an interesting thing to talk about that, that's, that's a difficult subject, but it's, but it's never been addressed by a mainstream male hip-hop artist, you know, like, uh, like uh, talking about a, a, an, an issue that is important for the LGBTQ community. Um, obviously, that's, one of the, what, that's been one of the biggest doors broken down in hip-hop, you know, thanks to artists like Mickey Blanco, which we've mentioned, or... Uh, was it Young Thug with his Jeffrey cover years ago? You know, dressed as a woman. Um, it, it's 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 an interest. It's interesting that he did, even though he did get accused of being a little bit clumsy in some of the expressions and stuff. But mm. I love the the musicality of the song. The fact that it has this uh, this build up of uh, strings in the background coming in slowly and stuff. It's the it's the track I listen to the most, just for the musical the the musicality of it. Um, the one I listen to the most is the one with Beth Gibbons, which I think oh, is, yes. for me, that's the real kind of standout song, Mother I Sober. Yeah. And I think it, in a way it kind of sums up why I really like this album and why I never listened to it. Because <laughs> I, because it's 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 a difficult album to listen to. It's not, not easy. Um, it's very complex. It's quite sprawling. There's lots of sort of different changes. Um, I mean, Mother I Sober is like really, really bleak and it's six minutes, 40, 46 seconds long and it's bleak. And that's an absolutely great thing, but it just, I, sometimes it's quite hard to fit into hmm. into my day. And I I like this album. I think it's a really good album, but didn't didn't listen to it very much. Yeah. Um, but did I listen to it enough to be able to talk about it with my with my nephews and nieces? I think maybe just... Just. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the fact that he's also got an uh, just like Rosalia, he's got an incredible world tour happening, which is like mm-hmm. creating a lot of a moment. And it, thanks to it being broadcast on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, in the Paris show, I think it was. Uh, it's a great spectacle. It's obviously we're very excited the fact that he's headlining Primavera Sound next year because I hope it. If from what I've seen, it's like this incredibly long runway that goes from the stage all the way out into the center of the audience pit. Uh, So he can, you know, so that everyone can be, a a lot more people can be up close to him to see him rap, uh, you know, and and that kind of stuff. Uh, He's got such an incredible strength as a performer, as much as a, as, as a, as a writer of bars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another album that, could we talk about with the nephews? Uh, you you said, Mara, in a previous yeah. episode that y- Generation Z is connecting strongly with Bjork. Yes. Well, Which surprised well, me. It's, it's my, my thesis. I, I, it's not based on really anything. So maybe your nephews and, and are not going to know about Bjork. I hope they do. But I feel like everyone's connecting to Bjork. Well, well you, you showed me some of the memes, I think. Yeah, I, there's a I lot enjoyed. of them, yeah. And I mean, she's been around so long, but it's true that even though lots of us have so many memories of different Bjorks, different eras of Bjork, different albums, she's soundtracked so many important moments in our lives, those of us of a certain age. It's like, yeah, but just like Beyonce, does Bjork resonate with the younger generation? Apparently so. And... Uh, the curious thing about Fosora uh, as as a moment in in society is that it a lot of the inspiration of the album is fungi, mushrooms and stuff. And one of the most revolutionary things that's happening in medicine is the, the, that that um, 
microdosing with uh, the LSD. If this is what you're going to talk about <laughs> to your nephews. No. Did you know well, that microdosing is I'll actually... I'll give you a hand. got something to show you in the bathroom. <laughs> well, I mean, researching very lazily, uh, a lot of uh, scientific studies say that microdosing doesn't actually help... Uh, isn't that but that, that great of a cure i mean oh. it does help pe- uh, it, it was being i thought to- you were going to say like it does help i can't say from experience but uh <laughs> p- the people in silicon valley who've been experimenting uh by w- going to work with taking microdoses of lsd say that they do focus a lot more on work mm-hmm. it does help you sort of think clearer and stuff but the long-term effects according to scientists is like mm, it's not exactly the ultimate cure for mental mental depression or I mean, that kind of thing getting a good night's sleep helps you to focus <laughs> exactly that's what that's what many Go professionals will say good just get a good sleep not saying that you know <laughs> hey experiment all you want but anyway the fact that it is now being dis- in fact i even get advertisements for microdosing um microdoses of LSD like on Instagram like so it's like totally legal if they're advertising in Spain it's, it's, it's like oh okay it's not totally legal though is it yeah but it's like I, I can buy it totally legally in the in the post now like from I don't, I don't have to go into the dark web or anything to get my microdoses maybe LSD I don't maybe LSD is legal CBD no, no, no! no. Oh, so I, I screen grabbed it. It's like uh, it's it's uh, and you see like it's like little black truffles uh, of 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 mushroom, yeah, of of magic mushrooms. I guess I don't know. They don't sell it as magic mushrooms. It's uh, and they don't sell it as LSD. They just say microdoses or. I, I, I think mushrooms these. are legal in some places, but I don't think LSD. I might, I might, yeah. maybe, we'll be wrong. Uh, maybe it's one of those Dutch companies that have found some incredible legal loophole where Instagram is a place that it's not exactly Spain. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Bjork made an album about mushrooms at a, in a time where mushrooms are being... Su- and there was that documentary on Netflix, which everyone loved, about mushrooms and fungi and their wonderful properties. And it's like, oh... Maybe mushrooms will save the world. Do you know what I love about mushrooms, uh, as I reckon Bjork likes? I can just imagine Bjork going off into the forest with a bag and kind of like picking legal mushrooms and, you know, like cooking them when she gets back. I think that's quite quite, um, 2022, isn't it? Like going and picking your own damn food and, you know, getting it and and cooking it yourself. Especially after the pandemic where people were like, there was a moment where supermarkets weren't being refilled. Not only pandemic, with Brexit in, in the UK, people were having trouble getting a lot of the produce uh, into supermarket shelves because they weren't being able to import and stuff. Uh, so people got a little bit more aware of the importance of being able to source food from natural spaces and having a plot where you can grow your own tomatoes and lettuce and, and grow your own mushrooms. Mushrooms are very good to cultivate, some of them anyway, champignons. Uh- I love the idea that Bjork is um, or might be popular among among young people, and I'm fully, fully on board. So I hope that's... And wh- who we could consider one of Bjork's uh, spiritual descender- descendants is FKA Twigs, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, Capri Songs was also, uh, was also one of the albums of the year. Uh, a bit more club-ready than LP2 and Magdalena. Uh, a gemstone in what today's forward-thinking pop sounds like, with Caribbean and trap rhythms for very strong female insights into identity uh i need to listen more to capri songs i didn't give it that much attention at the time when it came it's because it came out in january but um but now that she's also going to be playing primavera sound i really want to study my capri songs actually the funny thing is like now now you mention it i think you can sort of pretty much draw a line between like rosalia Björk, fka twigs and even jockstrapping that they all they're all sort of pop they're all like doing experimenting with lots of very different things they're all quite quite 
loose in what they do, all have different kind of genres, I think. Um, yeah. And Björk, I think, was one of the first people to do that. Maybe that's why she resonates, I don't know. And apart from Jobstrap, all three, apart from being working with El Guinto, also feature Arca. All three albums, no? Yeah, feature production work from Arca. We can Arca. make like a graphic of those, like graphics that unite in something, like yeah. different stuff that have a thing in common. And I love that the thing in common is Arca. Arca. <laughs> the thing is, Arca, with her project of the, releasing the Kick series, I've I've lost the track of where... I mean, uh, most people, most critics are pointing out Kick 3 as the best of the of the series. Or the the one where you know where she's really mixed with well with the Neo Perreo. I I like Arca with Neo Perreo. Like I got a little bit the, the soundscaping, the the sonic architecture, the experimentalism. That's fine, uh, and it's a but but sometimes it can be a, not the most entertaining of listens. But then when Arca goes Neo Perreo, it's like oh yes, I want to see a sh this on stage. You know, and you know, there's a new uh, fan. Uh collected compilation of Arca of songs from the Kick album that's coming out it's fan voted best of compilation from the five albums with a few new songs okay so it's, so it's like a playlist of the best moments of the of the whole Kick series yeah yeah, yeah. apparently Arca asked her fans on 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 uh, Discord yeah you know what would be the definitive Kick compilation because five albums is quite a lot isn't it? <laughs> yeah um, and they've done so so and I think that's a very good idea yeah yeah very good interaction um Shall we listen to a bit of uh, the album that we hope to be talking about? Well, the album that makes us seem cool among the young kids. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mother, I Sober, featuring Beth Gibbons. I'm sensitive. I feel everything. I feel everybody. One man standing on two words. Heal everybody. Transformation, then reciprocation. Karma must return. Heal myself. Secrets that I hide. Buried in these words. Death threats. Ego must die. But I let it purge. Pacify. Broken pieces of me. It was all a blur. Mother cried. Put their hands on her. It was family ties. I heard it all. I should have grabbed a gun. But I was only five. I still feel it. Weighing on my heart. My first tough decision. In the shadows, clinging to my soul That's my only critic, where's my faith? Told you I was Christian, but just not today I transformed, praying to the... Also, you know, this song features Beth Gibbons uh, It's been a great year for uh, reclusive English singers <laughs> uh, Like Kate Bush, who had a very oh, yeah, incredible yeah. moment You know, Beth Gibbons has, has, been, has always been a little bit shy of touring And being in the public eye and stuff And uh, um, But yeah, I mean, all... all God bless all these English women who who prefer to stay hidden at home baking cookies, and all of a sudden, when when they do decide to reappear, it's the most awesome thing ever. Uh, running out that hill became uh, the super hit, unexpected hit of of the year. Uh, that's a song that bridges uh, generations. All of a sudden, young children. I mean, were your kids into Stranger Things or your they're daughter? a bit young? They they really yeah. want to watch it, but they're not allowed to yet. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be a bit scary. But uh, but especially you know, lots of teenage girls and stuff. All of a sudden, like discovering Kate Bush. That was that was a very good moment in. Well, finally, I can listen to Kate Bush in the car. Like my wife always utterly banned Kate Bush <laughs> from home and car. Yeah, really. Yeah, and but doesn't your wife like Manel and Indy and that kind of stuff? She likes kind of things but none, none but not Kate Bush she does now now ah. she does now we watched a documentary this BBC documentary about Kate Bush my wife became fully on board so. <laughs> how can you not I mean wow 
Um, but now we're going to talk about an album that grown-ups hate to admit is pretty good and is the probably the definite pop album of 2023. I say Bad Bunny's Un Verano Sin Ti. I mean, if pop is short for popular, which it is, then it's kind of hard to uh, disagree. It was like uh, he was Spotify's uh, most streamed artist uh, in 2022 and in 2021 and 2020. Um, it uh, was nominated for Grammy Album of the Year, debuted number one in the US. It was just absolutely massive. I mean, he's probably, I, I think I think you'd have to say he's the biggest al- al- artist of the year and I think this is yeah. the biggest album of the Biggest album of the year. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't announced a single festival yet, has he? But he's touring, like he's still solo, touring on his own, yeah. like stadiums. Yeah. And he said in he's taking a break in 2023. Oh, yeah, to for like to rest. Yeah, he. Well, I mean, he deserves a rest. Yeah. I mean, oh, even, yeah, even that young and stuff. But so, but he hasn't played Spain at all then. No, since the pandemic no. or anything. I, I don't know what he's waiting for. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe 2023 yeah, he's going yeah. to do like the European part. And it's not, apparently. I think <laughs> it's risky for him to take a break now because oh, it's after not, seeing what... No, it's not. No, no, see, no, no, I mean, no. I'm, I have the feeling that young kids, the one, the young kids who are going out and filling the clubs are getting a little bit bored with the reggaeton beat. I don't know if that's my... I, I can't say this because I'm not really going out at night. I don't know how, where I'm basing this. But I just have this kind of intuition that... I think kids are now like, okay, let's let's move on to the next thing. But this is why Un Verano Sin Ti is so clever, because it's got reggaeton. It's got everything. It's got like, mm-hmm. it's got indie pop on it. Yeah. It's got house music. It's got lots of like Latin genres like bachata. And, and it's got reggae song and dembo and mambo and merengue. Yeah. It has got a bit of everything. I think this is one of the reasons why this is such a big album. It's like, well, what do you want? Do you want Dembo? All right, here you go. Yeah. Or do you want like a kind of like uh, reggaeton song that goes house? Oh, here's this one. Or yeah. do you want like an indie song? Here's Al Atardecer. And I I just think he's obviously massive. Oh, he's massive everywhere. But I think very cleverly like reaching out to lots of different sort of Latin audiences, yeah. you know, with very various different um, types of music. And someone who knows a lot more about this than me said that basically he did it in a very um, respectful way. So like when, when he, he was sort of... Um, he went to the Dominican Republic and he was very public in like going to the Dominican Republic and showing that he was being influenced by people. So when he then did like musical genres, uh, like Dembo, it was like, okay, you've been here, you, you've kind of done done your thing. Um, and I think that was very, that was very clever. Also, one thing I really liked about this album is, um, again, it's the very local and the very specific, like El Laparon, mm-hmm. which is, I think my favorite album, uh, song of the album. And does that have to do with the Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico's uh, power shortage? Exactly, exactly. It starts off like this. It's got this very, like, sort of very, I guess when I get on ish beat, but sort of very low and muffled. Mm. Um, and it's talking about this very specific thing. And by the end, it's like this massive, like, banging kind of house house cut that everyone can get into. Mm. So you got that really local thing, and also, but like uh, Titi me preguntó. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like who doesn't have an embarrassing aunt that asks me that asks you sort of embarrassing things and that's such a brilliant thing all right okay lots of people you know won't in the english speaking language won't understand the words but like you know it's like well, we all know that experience your aunt's like sorry have you got a girlfriend yeah. you know have you yeah. and, I, <laughs> and there's been memes about it there's been like there's a, i saw some i don't know if it was a tiktok video of some like some young guy sort of 
denouncing like it's not good to have so many girlfriends you know what kind of values you know uh, this promiscuity and stuff and, and it's like come on uh, i i love that track it's got it's the beat the drive i mean i'm not the biggest reggaeton fan i don't usually dj reggaeton in my sets but i always play that song that's that's like fire so he's got that bit where his aunt actually says why do you have too many girlfriends or it's not good to have too many girlfriends so it's like you know he kind of acknowledges it i think it's very clever and also my god if i was bad bunny i would probably be having quite a good time at, at the moment you know stay single bad bunny <laughs> for a while. Stay, enjoy it <laughs> but don't be like adam levine no oh my don't god. send no, no, embarrassing no. dms just just oh be out, just be respectful and invite people out to dinner and if it clicks it clicks <laughs> <laughs> advice from the man who no longer <laughs> Do we have any more advice for Bad Bunny? I mean, he might, he might, he's taking notes. Yeah, he's had a pretty, pretty good year. Let's, let's hear a bit of El Apagón, see if we have time to talk about our personal choices in, in six minutes. Puerto Rico está bien cabrón, ey, está bien cabrón. De Carolina sale reggaetón, en los hijos de puta de Bayamón, ey, ey. Quieren montarse en la ola y no han ido a rincón Un besito pa' abuela en el balcón Cogiendo todos los hoyos en la Rubicón Pa' fucking R, ey Tierra de Maelo y Teo Calderón Y de Varea el que fue campeón <risa> Primero Calderón Maldita sea, otro apagón. Vamos pa' los bleachers a prender un blon. Antes que a Pipo le dé un bofetón. Puerto Rico está en cabrón. Ey, está en cabrón. I, I imagine he, he must have a lot to do with the tourism, right, uh, a rise in tourism for Puerto Rico. What a great advocate for such a wonderful mm -hmm. land. I really want to go uh, to Puerto Rico. I want to hear reggaeton in Puerto Rico. That's where I want to get my reggaeton fever. Anyway, now we're going to, we, we have a little bit of time left to talk about our own personal choices of albums of the year. Uh, Mar. Um, What's, do I have from, to say like, just, Motom apart from Motomami. Apart from Motomami, I'm going to say this has been the year of um, pop albums, um, we had um, a Rina Sawayama album, a Megan Trainor album, a Carly J. Ray Jepsen album, yeah. a Taylor Swift album, and the album of the year, Charlie XCX Crash. That's oh, it, I said it. That album, that album, you're missing out if you're not listening to it properly. Yeah, it's done very well in the polls as well. It's in it's in every end of year list. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, liked, I liked her. I still, my favorite Charlie XCX album is her the pandemic mixtape that she released. Uh, I I am, what was it? I hate being here or... Well, anyway, uh, it had all the hyper pop and stuff. Ben, uh, what you, you've you got some interesting... Uh, I, I wanted to really like, um, give some space to Sun Signature because... What's this? Sun Signature uh, is, you know who Elizabeth Fraser is, right? Yes. From the Cocteau Twins. Yes, my, one of my favourite reclusive English women. Right. One of the most revered bands ever, the Cocteau Twins. Yes. Well, she released um, a new EP in 2022. Oh, she did, didn't she? And it was stunningly good. Uh, it was the best thing for me she's done since Massive, Attra Massive Attack's Teardrop. Yeah. Um, it's also a whole EP, which she hasn't done before. She's done like various individual songs. It's utterly brilliant. 
um, kind of cinematic and also like it, it's kind of a step forward for her because you know how you could never really understand what she was saying well this yeah. one you can often understand what she's saying it feels very human very beautiful not enough people have listened to this I when I was putting together my list for the year obviously I had things like Rosalie and Jockstrap at the top but this was like right up there and I don't think it got in any in any year end list that I've seen it really should have done it's absolutely brilliant please give it a listen yes and please Elizabeth come back tour tour and get the cocktail twins back together that's a reformation I would love to see or just tall, or just yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, the I finally like I've been hearing all what it's been very interesting. What's been happening in like the the crossover between R and B and indie and bedroom pop and stuff, the kind of hazy kind of um, wonky synths and stuff. You know, Thundercat, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, etc. But this year, female led R and B has really made the most. Like looking back on the year, it's what's and and. My favorite, what, what happened, the, the newest genre that, not new genre, but uh, I don't know, the thing that's been entertaining me the most lately has been the, the albums made by um, women like Sudan Archives, Yaya Bey, and this last week, SZA, uh, who has made our album yeah. of the week. SZA's SOS, I have that shit on repeat, my God. It's been five years since we got new SZA. It's been five years since Control, yeah? Yep. Well, what a comeback! Or yeah. if if yeah, she yeah, ever yeah. she never went. she never left because I think I maybe this is fake information. I don't care. I think her album has been in the top two hundred on the Billboard stuff for like since it came out till now. Like the whole five years, it has been in the top charts like mm. two hundred. Well, she kept on releasing songs like Rosalia as well. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of been been there very active. Well, not that many. Like she um, dropped a song on SoundCloud that got so viral. She said like, oh, okay. I, I thought nobody was going to like that. Okay, I, I will release it. And then she released it. It's like this woman doesn't know she's one of the most popular artists ever. Like she doesn't know. Like someone tell her she's like surpassed Sailor, I, Sailor, Taylor Swift yeah. on, on streams or whatever. Like. Hello, um, you're Caesar. <laughs> you're not like an indie artist. Or... Apparently, she wrote like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds mm. of songs for this album as well. And, and she did, she just yeah. It's because there's so many melodies and and they catch your attention immediately. And it's like wow, look at this little melody she plays with here and there. Uh, the fact that she resuscitates uh, old dirty bastard by sampling him on the song that closes the album, you know, and the fact that her name SZA is kind of a, no a nod to the Wu Tang Clan's RZA and JZA, uh, you know, it's like a way of respecting the music that she listened to when she was ki a kid. There's some indie rock moments on there, oh, like yeah. the F2F. It fits incredibly good. It could be a song that that Avril Lavigne would Levine, sing, yeah. <laughs> or or Willow Smith, who I think has been cruelly overlooked because she's a Nepo baby and she has a lot of privilege because she's a Smith uh, but I think Willow Smith's album was quite an interesting album as well but yeah um, uh, Scissor Scissor uh, probably one of my favorite albums of the year and it's only just been released yeah. along with Yaya Bay's uh, North Star where do I have it? Um, my notes. What's the name of that album? Uh, Remember Your North Star and Sudan Archives Natural Brown, Brown Prom Queen. Sudan Archives playing Primavera Sound next year. Uh, that's all we have time for. Uh, that was our little quick roundup of some of the best music released this year. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Rob Roman, for producing. Make sure you stay tuned for Victor Trapero's Heavy Rotation coming up next. I'm so much sure. 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 I'm so